Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John, he's Matthew, John and Matthew. That's the name of the pod. We appreciate anybody who is joining us live, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, we appreciate that as well. Matthew, how are you feeling? Hey, I feel great. I feel great. Thanks for holding it down at Four Peaks. Looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> was it, it was, a party it, over there or what, dude? It was, it was a damn good time seeing the Suns sweep the Denver Nuggets. We were there with Espo and Saul. We had the Fanny of the Flames guys there. Yeah, Paul and Justin, Dan Duarte from the Coast to Coast podcast. It was a whole podcast community of people <laughs> just coming together to enjoy watching the Suns win. Uh, you were definitely missed. Uh, I know we we referenced you like numerous times in the podcast, you know, but we we understand that you yeah. had kind of a uh, a sore throat. You were getting real deep, very white style on us, and I don't know yeah, how good know. that would have been on the pod. It was like uh, you know that I think it was a couple years ago when the sun sucked and Kevin Ray was doing a game and his voice was just so hoarse and you couldn't understand his ass and it's just like that's what I would have sounded like. So I'm like I'm gonna sit this one out. I was laying on the couch. The only thing that got me up in that game was the fight between uh, your kitchen booker but uh yeah we'll get into that a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean you know that's okay. kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to do this podcast is i didn't get to experience it with my podcasting partner so i want to sit no. and kind of go over some of the things that we saw uh recap tie a little bow on that net that denver nuggets phoenix sun series and then kind of look forward you know who, who do you want the suns to play what are we looking for in these other series? Uh, a lot of people are joining us right after the Nets defeated the Bucks at home after the Bucks blew a 17-point lead. You know, what are we looking at on that side of the bracket? And then we're going to discuss the all NBA teams. So sound like a G plan, G? Yeah, sounds good. Good to be back, man. Been awesome. too long. It's good to have you back. And the Jamsters are uh, you know, they're excited as well. Let's see. Let's let's pull up a couple here. Um uh, uh, Lissy from Hayden. You know, Lissy back in the house from from Blaze, Alex Kroll. Lissy's back. You're a legend. So a lot, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of people missed you being on the pod, as did I, my good friend. It's just not right doing a podcast without you. So, uh, you know, everybody who is a, who is watching, please subscribe, smash that like button while you're here. You can become an elite jamster by clicking or the join button or following the link in the description. And feel free to donate to the show via the super chat so we can use it for you know ticket money. We want to go to the Western Conference Finals. Although I'm saving up my money to go to the NBA Finals. I don't know about you, Matthew. There you go. That's where it's at because it's yes, going to happen. Yes, sir. And if you want to utilize our code SUNSJAM at manscaped.com, not only will you get 15% off, but you'll get free shipping as well. So if you need to shave your nuts, use our promo code. <laughs> Doesn't rhyme, but we'll get there. That's we'll fine. get there. So on, <laughs> that, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to crack open something nice and ice cold. It is a canned Gatorade. Look at that. Oh, look at that, a, man. A, an orange canned Gatorade. And I'm here today to promote hydration to the Jamsters out there, okay? It was a buck 16 here in Phoenix today. Hotter than hell. Just miserable. Uh, work outside with my team. And you know what? You got to stay hydrated during this, these rough, miserable times. So I'm not drinking beer tonight. The one nice thing about the sun's taking a week off, I get to take a week <laughs> off from drinking. So, all right, there you go, yeah. man. Matthew, are you pounding water? No, yeah, just water. See? One more day of being sick, so I'll be good yeah. after today. Hey, you know what? You've been promoting hydration this entire season, so we appreciate that. Crack them if you got them, Suns fans. Ooh, sounds so nice. And uh, let's talk about this series recap. 
over the Denver Nuggets and look forward to the Western Conference Finals. Shout out to Blaze Megatron in the chat. He says, can Gatorade, you can get anything in the USA. <laughs> it's so true. I was like, of course you have a can Gatorade, John. I've never I've seen that in my life. Gatorade. Well, so, uh, you know, one of the things that my chef does at work is orders water and Gatorades for the staff. So we stay hydrated because we're working outside. It's hotter in hell. And mm. I came into work today and he had fruit punch and orange canned Gatorade. I'm like, dude, I'm cracking that sucker open on the podcast tonight. And <laughs> you know what? Cool, it, as, as Hayden says in the chat, he says, yeah, canned Gatorade. Yeah, it, it does have a little bit of an aluminum taste to it. It's not the most refreshing <laughs> thing, but you know what? It does what it's supposed to do. It properly hydrates. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why that's so funny. It's the best. Well, Love it. Good I to be watch- back. <laughs> I know. It's going to go off on tangents again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a hell of a tangent there. But, you know, we come here today to talk about the Suns' victory over the Denver Nuggets on the front end of this podcast. And, you know, Matthew, yeah. as, as we look at the sweep, and it's so funny because it was literally like a week ago. It was just over a week ago. It was game one. And that Saturday before that, we had Flex on the podcast, and we're like, okay, you know, what do we predict? What do we think is going to happen? Suns in what or Denver in what if that's what we thought was going to happen? And it literally took six days, and the Suns swept the Denver Nuggets out of the playoffs. As you look at that, what, what's your favorite memory from this past series? I think, obviously, the Suns team just handled business. I don't think people realize how hard it is to sweep a team in the second round, especially a team supposedly surrounded Jokic that is not so good. You know, it's very, very difficult to close these guys out. The way they did it, the way they just kept the lead up every single game in the fourth quarter it's just it's very hard to do for teams and i just think that's really overlooked a sweep is very difficult but besides that everything off the court is just amazing what the suns fans are doing in the stands what what the what monty williams is doing with chris paul after the game post game press conferences what they're doing after the game going to the crowd giving hugs stuff like that it just shows how much this means to those guys the suns fans beating the crap out of nuggets fans i know you guys talked about that and it's just it's brilliant man because we are just right now suns fans the suns team cannot lose no matter what situation life brings them they cannot lose so i'm looking forward to maybe someone like uh parachuting or something up <laughs> on top of the stadium or something next time just to like one up the last thing that we see on tv that's recorded on your iphone to show everyone on twitter because i swear to god dude what we're seeing from these fans and from the team off you know off the court it's it's fun to see this man and jay crowder was on uh jaylen jacoby today podcast talking about that fight and he said that they were in the huddle and they were watching it and they were trying to stay focused, but they were not, they couldn't because they knew something was going on and they were actually watching it at the time. It's just, it's weird how those things, those two, those two things connect. I know it's a sweep and I, it's been great ball from everybody on the team. Everyone's really stepped up, but everything around it, dude, it's just, it's really, really awesome to watch. Yeah, it's an unbelievably memorable series. You know, when you look back at it and you go back in time and you think of the 93 season or the seven seconds or less era, the 2010 Suns, there's very distinct moments in each one of those playoff runs that you you look back on fondly. 
And I think that this series really provided kind of a, a melting pot of moments for Suns fans to gravitate to. If you're not a Suns fan and you saw that guy kick the shit out of two guys who were trying to sucker punch him after dumping a beer on him, and then he's throwing the Suns in four, the famous Suns in four, yeah. you know, uh, hand movement. All of a sudden, you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm going for the Suns. And, and the people who were kind of standing on the sidelines, not huge Suns fans, the casual basketball fan, whether you're a Phoenician or not, all of a sudden you have a moment to kind of look at and go, you know what? This is a moment that I will remember. And, you know, with the Suns winning around it, with the sweep occurring around it, it was just uh, a fantastic it was a fantastic week. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It's like I said at the beginning of the podcast. It's 116 in Phoenix. Like this is typically the time of year where we're all just fucking miserable. You know, walking. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you go into Circle K. You get there. You know, you go to get your Gatorade, typically not in can form, and you just have a quick <laughs> transaction at the at the counter, and and you're grumpy, and the, and the cashier's grumpy, and everybody's just meh. Yep. But because the Suns are performing in the manner that they are, when you walk in there and you're rocking a Suns hat. You know, I had a lady at Fry's the other day. He's like, go Suns. I was like, whoa, whoa, lady. Like, hi. Yeah, yeah I concur. You know, I mean, there's just this whoa. different vibrancy that's occurring around this team. And, and it reminds everybody that this is a Suns town. And when the Suns are playing well, everybody just gets behind it because everybody cares because it's fun. It's unique. It's special. You know, don't get me wrong. When the Cardinals play well, everyone get, gets behind them too. But it's a lot different because it's a week-to-week thing. Where it's like it happens on Sunday, they're playing well. Dude, you see the Cardinals last night? Yeah, then by like Thursday, nobody's talking about them. With you know, and when the Diamondbacks play well, everybody's just shocked because uh, nobody even watches baseball. But when the Suns are playing well, everybody's galvanized by this team. And to your point, you know, the fight it was was a huge moment. The kid taking his shirt off was a huge moment. You know, I mean, getting the whole <laughs> crowd going crazy. The the way that the crowd responded in Game One. To the Cameron Payne to Tory K to Tory Craig uh, slam dunk another crazy moment. So I mean, you look kind of collectively at this performance against the Denver Nuggets, and it really is from a fan base standpoint a catalyst moving forward. Because now now we're playing with house money, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And honestly, just really quick, the the whole thing, and Espo said it too. This whole feeling is weird. It's a lissy weird. It's a good weird. <laughs> <laughs> The, the references of me is just hilarious, the whole pod. But you, you're definitely right, man. I think right now the Suns really have the momentum. They have it They have it going their way. There's only two teams really I am not really prepared to face. That was the Lakers and the Nets. All right, the Lakers are done. The Nets might be out. Who knows? But it looks like they won tonight. They might close it out in six. Who knows? You said seven. But the Suns can make it to the finals, and they will make it to the finals. Uh, we'll go into these matchups, but this is just – they had to get past the Lakers, all right? They are even even the next series will probably be underdogs. They're not going to be as welcomed again around you know the media way. They're not a lot of these guys talking about the Suns now. Once the series comes up, like oh they're facing the Clippers. Oh I don't know. Oh Utah. I don't know. They're the number one seed. So again, that's going to be the thing. But again, the Suns are the better team out of these out of these three. Well, it's because they play as a team, and I think that. The other side of this run that's so unbelievably fun is the product that Phoenix is putting out on the court. The, you know, the seven second or less Suns, they, they were unbelievably fun to watch. And it, it was exciting and it was revolutionary. But there was always kind of that, uh, that inkling in the back of your mind that this is beatable because defense wins championships. You know, the old adage is the old adage for a reason. It's true. 
It's happened in every sport. Pitching and defense ultimately wins in baseball. Defense wins in football. Defense, if you can have some semblance of it in basketball, wins. And we knew yep. going into specific series that we were going to be dominated on the defensive end, and we were hoping that we could have our offensive firepower uh, come together. You know, an- another thing that's interesting about everything that's going on right now is some of the backlash that you're seeing on Twitter. And I, I, I find it kind of hysterical at times just because there's no franchise that is more defined by bad luck or almost, you know, we lost the coin flip to start it all. And, and we ended up with Neil Harry walk, which was great because Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo were talking on the podcast yesterday. They're talking about how the Suns start off getting Neil walk because they chose heads and tails. The Bucks got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and got a championship a couple years later. I mean, so you get a guy who's a 20-time All-Star, you get Neil Walk, who you know played five years in the NBA. And that's just the beginning of this franchise. You go through the history of this franchise, and there's injuries. There's the Joe Johnson injury after Jerry Stackhouse undercuts him. There's the Amari uh, microfracture knee surgery injury in 2006 that prevented this team from probably reaching its full potential. There's the coming off the bench moment. You know, There's bad calls or suspensions. There's all kinds of stuff to where, you know what? I'm okay if a few of the breaks... Figured, not figuratively speaking, but you know, metaphorically speaking, are going our way. And as I see some of the the hate coming from the murky abysses of Twitter, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, you're right. I guess we shouldn't be happy because the Suns beat a Murrayless Nuggets <laughs> team and an AD less Lakers squad. You know, the breaks have always gone our way. You know, so we'll just sit around and be mad at every, at our success. That's what we should yeah. be doing right now. Damn it! Why do we beat the teams that we should in such convincing fashion? We should be ashamed of ourselves, Matthew. No, you're totally right. We should, but there's three things. I'm just joking. There's three <laughs> things that we got to take away from this. Number one, Twitter. Who are you following? I don't see any of this on Twitter. I really don't. I think it's just because I follow uh, Suns fans. So the the banter about that, it's just it it kind of reflects on after every season, after every NBA season, every NFL season, we sit back, we go through it, and we're like, well. Did that team really deserve it? Uh, probably not, because this and this happened. Was this even a good playoffs? I don't think so. Was this a good Super Bowl? No, it wasn't. What about this season? <laughs> the season sucked. Every I'm just saying, has there ever been a season to where we finished it and we're just like, yes, this team won? Like if the Nets win it this year, it's like, yeah, they won because of the Nets. They they had all the stars. Okay, there's the reasoning. You know, they sat out the whole season. They came into the playoffs and they won. They did the thing the Lakers were trying to do, and it succeeded. So I think we just have to accept it that. This is what's going to happen. Either the Suns are going to win the championship or the Nets are going to win the championship. Suns are the better story. So, of course, if we do win, there might be the excuse, of course, with the injuries. Because if the Lakers were healthy, they probably would have beat the Suns. But that doesn't matter anymore because the Suns played this whole season at full strength. They played their asses off every night. No one sat out. No one ever complained about these back-to-backs. Oh, I need a rest or anything like that until the end of the season when Aiton actually got his time off. I just don't see why there would be any excuse. The Suns earned every game, every series that they won this year because they prepared like an NBA team. They're an NBA team. They're NBA players. They have to go out and play basketball. And that's what they did every night. So there there can't be any any backlash for the season if it does end in a championship or just you know a runner-up. There'll be always be backlash because people are haters, and you know that's what it comes down to. Uh, uh, hate zero or zero just said that in the chat. You know, people are just haters, and it's true. They are. You know, nobody can be. Everyone has to be miserable, just like everybody mm-hmm. else. And you know, to the Twitter point, I think it's. I follow some of the national media, 
And uh, I want to say that they're negative, but I think that some of the responses to some of their takes now that they're pro sons, that's where I'm seeing a lot of the hate is people okay. go, going into the responses of something that uh, God, who's a good example, e- even like Ryan Rosillo, if he says something pro sons and he said a lot of pro sons stuff, uh, <laughs> you know, Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, his love affair with Chris Paul, people yeah. go in there and they just like to hate and, you know, Iverson vlog says in the chat, he goes, you need luck sometimes to win championships. Look at golden state warriors in 2015 when there was no love or no Kyrie and 2019 Raptors, Katie and clay hurt. It's the same thing with the Suns. You know, if we're blessed enough this season to walk around, to walk away with the Larry O'Brien trophy, you can't, don't think I'm not going to be bawling my eyes out, you know, and if haters want to hate haters will hate, you know, but after you look at the performance that the Suns had against the Denver nuggets, even if Jamal Murray was there, we were the better team. Jamal Murray was is good enough to maybe force that series to go to six. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. He is that player. Yeah, he's the guy who can get hot at times. He can score. Not a great defender, uh, but his high pick and roll ability with Nikola Jokic in the clutch is something that could have got them a couple games, and I'll definitely secede that. But at the same time, I'm not going to be apologetic for the way that this team plays. This team is so unbelievably entertaining because they play both sides of the ball. And this past series was a culmination of that. You know, as, as you look at it, Matthew, I guess I got to ask, you know, is there what is your number one takeaway from this Denver Nuggets series? Um, I think just everyone stepped up. Everyone had their opportunity to step up and they did in this series. You know, Saric, of course, in the Lakers series was not there. That wasn't really the case for anybody on this team. Anybody that was put in the game, really, even Cameron Johnson came in and hit huge threes. You know, I think the one takeaway really, though, is just really going into each game and just making sure that they can take the lead, take a big lead and keep that lead, you know, adjusting mm-hmm. at halftime. I mean, that the Nuggets crowd would always go crazy when they were so close to coming back in the game. And that was it. That was the way the Suns would play. They would keep it close and then they would just blow them out, but not blow them out, but just keep it distant to where you're just, you're comfortable sitting there. And you're like, yeah, they got this game. They're going to win this game. And I just remember being on the other side of that all the time when mm-hmm. the Suns would play the Spurs, be like, yep, we lost this game. There's no way we're going to come back and win this. It's just, it's that fear that they're putting into these other teams and I think it to the other team's fan bases where when they get these leads, man, they're just they, they can't give them up. It's tough for them. It's simplistic basketball almost, too, that does it, you know, because you even go back to the Lakers series and we won three in a row to close that series out. And yeah, I know there was no AD and he was a big part of their defense. But at the same time, you have to play the, the team that's on the court opposite of you. And you're right. The, the one I wouldn't say the one, but one of the primary things that frustrated us during this season was when the Suns would go up big in the second quarter and piss it away by the fourth quarter. And even if they won the game, it was the fact that they pissed away the 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 lead that would frustrate us. I remember an East yeah. Coast swing when we played the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors on back-to-back nights, and it was one of those things where that's that kind of happened. And I think we won both of them, or we might have lost one. But at the same time, we were just like, okay, middle of the season, I get it, you know, uh, but you're right. The, the way that this team ha- has the ability to keep keep them at bay and has done so in the playoffs is unbelievably impressive. And you think about the way that they do it, and this is probably my primary t- takeaway, is goddamn is it great to have Chris Paul on your team because he's the guy who orchestrated that this whole series. Is Every time that crowd would get into it and you know got a little bit more feisty there in Denver, he would just go down and hit a mid-range shot. And, you know, just two yeah. points. You know, they hit a big three. Yeah, here's two. They go down, you know, they hit another big three. Yeah, here's another two. They go down, they miss a three, and here's another two. Guess what? 
That's a that's a plus minus of zero on those possessions. And that's just how he operates. And, you know, to see him, we, we've we seen it before because we've watched the playoffs. I, I At least I do every year. And I've seen Chris Paul in the playoffs plenty. And I've seen him operate the way that he does. But I really think that on Bill Simmons' podcast, when he was talking with Ryan Rossillo, they really hit on something that is uh, very true, is this is a Chris Paul team through and through. And when you think back and you look at Chris Paul's career, when he played uh, in New Orleans, he was just too young. And by the time he went to the Los Angeles Clippers, that was Blake's team. That wasn't a team where everybody fell in line with his style of play and his leadership because he was still kind of a young guy. And that was Blake's team and DeAndre Jordan's team. So they turned it into Lob City and they couldn't play much defense. Okay, then he goes uh, to the Houston Rockets and that's James Harden's team. And then OKC last year was his first time when he really kind of took a team and made it, molded it into his personality. And now he comes over here with more talent and it's completely and utterly his team. It's built for the playoffs. It plays defense. It, it has a very distinct rhythm and everybody not only has a role, but accepts the role. And I think that that's absolutely vital for a team to be successful in the playoffs. And we're seeing that to this point. Yeah, that's perfectly put. And I mean, we haven't seen it yet to where maybe these games are closer. Um, the Suns might be down a couple points late in the game to where the frustration might kick in because I just remember watching those Clippers games and just the body language Bill Simmons talked about too, being at the games, you can see how everybody was by themselves kind of frustrated, yelling at each other. Nothing was really, you know, going their way. And that really upset the team and it split them apart. So I and think you're, the re- way this- you're, you're referencing those old Clipper teams with Chris Paul, yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what I said, right? The Clippers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. With, with Chris Paul. And I just think this team might face that, but it's just because we're so young and you have a superstar in Devin Booker who is willing to play along Chris Paul and have him be the guy, get the MVP chance at the line. He was second team all NBA. We just talk, we'll talk about that later, but it's a guy that, you know, might get the accolades that you're not going to get this year. And I mean, the recognition from some fans over you, you know, you might not be the superstar that you want to be on the team yet. And that's Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a guy that he can come in and he can play with these guys, but Devin Booker's so unselfish. His whole team is. Whole we team. talked about DeAndre Ayton, number one pick, of course, coming in and just playing a back role, but that's just big. So we'll see when they face that. The the altercations, maybe they will get in. Who knows? But I don't see that happening. I think this, this team is just so well together from Monty to the bottom. And I just think that now that we have Chris Paul too, like you're talking about knocking down those two pointers. He's the guy that we need when things get messy, he can stick out and he can be that guy to help lead the Suns to wins. And that is just huge. in The playoffs, that is what every team needs. Durant is the guy, of course, for the nets. And you see that from other teams, but the other two teams that you're watching right now, Utah, I don't know. Donovan Mitchell, maybe, but he's kind of hurt Clippers. I don't know who's going to step up out of those two guys on their team. I have no idea, but right now, Chris Paul and Durant, the two guys that I'm focused on. Yeah, you make a very valuable point there, and I think that it's worth noting is, you know, we haven't seen this team really have a a lot of clutch time minutes in the playoffs as of yet, and we haven't seen what that how that frustration might manifest itself. But given the reputation of this team, given the way that they've played this season, I don't expect them to be anything but calm, cool, and collected. I can't remember one time this season where I saw two members of this team fighting in the last five minutes after a possession because it didn't go their way. The selflessness of this team is what makes it great. Again, it's a team and there's going to be some clutch time moments upcoming. You know, it's not all winning by 15 points every game. Although, you know, over the last seven games, it's just been a fucking party. It's been fantastic to watch, but (laughs) you know, I think that uh, as we 
kind mm-hmm. of look towards that next series and we're preparing ourselves for the Western Conference Finals, Matthew. Like I know. the Suns are going to the Western Conference Finals. I know. Dude. It's it's amazing, man. I was throwing snot snot bubbles at the TV and all the snot bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't blame I was, you, you know. I was I listened to a little I listened to the full pod later on, but I didn't get to watch you guys on the screen. So no, one of the funniest things about doing the podcast there is, you know, there's the whole chugging with the fellas thing that's going on right now, right? Yeah. So yeah. one thing that I tried to do is I tried, I recorded myself earlier chugging a beer just so I didn't have to do it at the, at the end of the game. So I did it once and I chugged the whole beer and then I looked and I realized I hadn't recorded it. Of course. So then, <laughs> so then at halftime, I did this. Here, here's the second one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go once again chugging with the fellas challenge and you can see it freezes there i'm chugging saul comes in behind me it freezes again it's It's magical isn't it ladies and gentlemen was saul lit or what man he i've never seen him that excited i've only only met him at first and four or five times maybe Saul was but, having a good time. I think we, I think yeah, we're all having a good like time. You. But it was really That's nice good. because Saul was just like super positive. Like he was so positive on that podcast afterwards because mm-hmm. I think he has that aura that we all have right now. It's like, dude, we're going and I to wasn't the conference on it. final. <laughs> you weren't there to just he throw that curveball. He was disappointed. <laughs> Damn it, Lissy. You know, Damn but it. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this team won 19 games two years ago, and we, as Flex said on a podcast that we had earlier this season we've skipped a step. You're supposed to be the team that, you know, misses the playoffs and then you almost get in the playoffs, but you just don't get in. And then you get in, you're like a seven or eight, seven or six seed. And you just get your ass handed to you in the first round. But now you have that playoff experience and the Suns skipped that step. They went all the way to the number two seed. And due to that, they have, they've had home court advantage and they've waxed teams in the playoffs. Yeah, plus you had a guy like Devin Booker on your team that was just ready to burst. So at the closer you got to it, to that wall, he was ready to burst right through it, and that's what happened. That's what yeah. happened this year. And it's going to be interesting in the Western Conference Finals to see how he responds. Uh, I'm I'm never had more confidence in him in his entire career as I Me have either. during. Isn't that nice though? Really quick, it's unbelievable. We don't have that player. Like I'm used to, like you know, Tony Romo, the Cowboys choking choke job. I defended my whole life. Oh, he's a freaking choke job. He was in the whole team. And we don't have that. He's gotten to the point to where he's he hasn't he's had a couple turnovers, of course, here or there early in the games, but who doesn't? Every every star you'll see watching the playoffs will have those turnovers. But other than that, man, he has succeeded at every level in the playoffs. He's ready to go. He has not hit that choke job level. And all. he just again he understands his role. He's not trying to be Donovan Mitchell or Luka Doncic or these guys who are just so ball dominant who have to push yeah. up 30 shots in an effort to try to get 35 points. He just kind of plays within the confines of the offense. He knows that, you know, in certain situations, especially on the road and or in closeout games, he's going to just attack. He's like, I'm going to set the pace in the first quarter, try to get this team up. And then from there, Chris Paul is going to take us home. And that was the recipe in both the closeout game in game six against the Lakers and the closeout game in Denver in game four. He came out. He had 21 first half points. Chris Paul ends the night with 37 points because he goes absolutely apeshit in that second half. Suns win. I mean, it's like this beautiful formula that uh, is working. And I, you know, I guess that brings me to my, to my next question. Who would yeah. you rather face in the Western Conference Finals? Because this is something that I go back and forth with daily. This is the disadvantage of having a week off until your next 
uh, playoff series. Yeah. You, you're not just like, okay, it's this team. Let's analyze them and go. It's like either or, and it's a, what, a 2-2 series now? So, Matthew, yeah. what are you thinking today? I don't think I said this on the pod, but when, even when the Clippers lost game two, I I texted Hayden, and he can maybe show the text some other time. I told him, like, Clippers are still going to win this. The way that they came back in those two games and pretty much should have won those, I just think that they should have won those. The series might have been over by now. But the way the Clippers are, okay, who do I want to face? The Jippers. Both of them, I don't care. I, I really don't care which one we roll against coming up in the Western Conference Finals. Two reasons. First, go with the Clippers. Because I don't really know who they are. And the the team that they that I think they are, and I mentioned it before, it's just like they'll let teams do what they want a lot. They don't show up till it's too late sometimes. Sometimes they can turn it on like Kawhi Leonard. He can have that game. But they mess around with teams to where they might feel you out. They might just think like, you know, we might take a couple possessions off here and there. You can't do that against the Suns. So the Lakers found out the hard way. You cannot mess with this team. You can't think like, oh, I can just take a, a feel-good game here in game one, and then we can come back and win the rest of the series. No, that's not so, That's not what's going to happen. So the way that they mess around with teams and just kind of let them into games and not really take over, I love that. So I'm not scared of them. The Utah Jazz, they're a team to me that just doesn't have an identity. I mean, today... Uh, Ryan Russell was perfect when he talked about Gobert, how he does disappear. Donovan Mitchell is there. He's going to hit big shots. He is a he is just as good as Devin Booker. I honestly think he is. He's that guy on the court for the Utah Jazz. But it just depends where Gobert is, what he's doing. Mitchell has that fake toughness thing that might get into his head. He might try to take over, hit a big shot, and just you know celebrate by himself. There's just these teams are so individualized. I don't like it. The Suns are just a complete team, and they can manhandle, not manhandle, but maybe five or six games, they can take any of these teams. So your answer is either. Either yeah, or. Either. You don't, you don't care. Tippers. You don't care. Yeah. So, you know, I'll I'll kind of break down my pros and cons as well and come up with some sense of a conclusion. When I look at the Utah Jazz, you know, they are a complete team. They, they know how to play defense. Obviously, they have the, the defensive player of the year. They're killer on offense. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league. It's one of the reasons why they were the best team in the league is they can shoot threes uh, uh, and they shoot a lot of them and they can play uh, defense on the interior. So, you know, I look at that. I think of the eight matchup against Gobert and, and I'll, I'll preface everything with this. The regular season doesn't mean shit anymore. We were three and oh against the Jazz. We we're one and two against the Clippers. That one and two against the Clippers in those two losses, Paul George shot like 14 for 19 from three point land. Like it's just not sustainable. And, you know, did it matter in the Denver series? We were one and two against them and we smoked them. It's it's a different season now. So I'm going to take everything that happened this season, and not even go, well, you know, in that one game, you really played well against uh, uh, Gobert. It's like, listen, I don't I don't care about that. I think that the offense of uh, the Jazz is susceptible to being streaky. And again, if you play in your rhythm and with your pace, you can beat them because you take them out of their game. And again, is the same thing as the, in the Denver series. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, shooting that mid-range, which is practically a layup for those guys, is going to be huge. It's also going to pull Gobert out of the paint in any pick-and-roll situation to open up Aiton. Uh, so I really like that. I think that the one disadvantage is the same disadvantage I kind of feel we had in the Lakers series, is they have Derek Favors to back up Gobert, and the size over Sarge is just huge. You know, the Clippers are a smaller team and they like to play small lineups. So uh, that matches up well against us, but we can also match up well against them. So, you know, playing Utah, 
I think that we definitely have advantages, uh, but there's challenges as well. You know, you, again, you do have that defensive player of the year, but we're not a team that necessarily lives trying to dunk the ball and get to the paint. You know, you look at uh, the Nets, for example, or not the Nets, I'm sorry, the Bucks, for example. Like, if it was the the Jazz and the Bucks, like, it would be just uh, an interest. The, the, the Jazz, or the, I'm sorry, the, the Bucks would have no chance because they, every possession, they're just trying to dunk the ball. You know, they don't have a ton of shooters. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and we do have shooters. So I, I like that advantage. You know, the Clippers, uh, we have home court advantage. Obviously that's huge. And that's one of the reasons why you play as hard as you do all season to get that number two seed. So if you're in the Western conference finals, you have an opportunity to have home court advantage. We play the Clippers. We do the challenge I have with the Clippers. Uh, somebody brought it up in the chat and I do want to give a shout out to it. It's Iverson vlogs. This is the same thing I'm thinking. He's like, I'm kind of scared of the Clippers because they have two elite wings that can defend and score, and Paul George becomes the next Jordan against us. Uh, it's the elite wings part that I really agree with Iverson Vlogs on this one. If you have Paul George and you have uh, Kawhi Leonard, you can run switches and get them on Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and that's what initiates our offense. So if you're playing the Jazz and you have to go against Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell – to try to initiate our offense and you know, the, the lanes clogged up. That's fine. We've got shooters. We got mid range games. We can run high screen and roll to try to get Gobert out of the paint, things of that nature. But if at the point of attack, you have both Chris Paul and Dev Booker trying to just initiate the offense and you've got Kawhi Leonard and you've got Paul George to fluster them. And again, that creates other mismatches. I realize that Patrick Beverly will end up on bridges, you know, so that'll be kind of the attempt is to try to get, you know, get the ball to bridges like we did in the series against Denver where we got the ball to Bridges so he could take advantage of MPJ. The disadvantage, though, is due to the size and elite uh, defensive capability of those two wings, they'll be able to close fast on any drives and things of that nature. Now, again, this is a series where Aiton could really pro be uh, – uh, he could – what's – not profit uh, – Benefit. He He's can benefit. Profit Aiden. <laughs> Aiden. Oh, Aiden watch 2021. Uh, but he could really benefit because uh, Vaka Zubak or Vika or however you say his name, Zubak mm -hmm. Shakur is not an elite <laughs> defender and somebody that he can own. So, you know, again, yeah. these are the these are the arguments I have with myself daily. Like, I'll be walking at work like, who do you want? The Clippers or the Chess? Like, well, today, yeah. I'm really not a fan of the wing defenders of the Clippers. Or today, man, that Jazz three-point shooting really could be something that could be troublesome. But I think, again, it's a series. There's going to be a game in this series where if we play the Jazz, they're just going to shoot light fucking out, lights out, and we're going to lose by, like, 15. But in the long run, our type of basketball is winning basketball, and I honestly believe that either one of these teams, the Suns are going to be in six or seven. Okay. No, that's good. I think, yeah, six is the latest, but... Did you, did you see Grobert when he won the Defensive Player of the Year award and he walked in the locker room and they were celebrating? Yeah. Did you see how weak that – okay, so, you know, body language kind of thing. Uh -huh. It was the weakest celebration, so forced. Okay, and then I, when I'm watching, I know – I don't think the Bucks are going to advance. When I'm watching the Bucks and Giannis fumbles at the end and he uh -huh. fumbles the ball and they just turn away, no one really yells at each other, they just look the other way. I just – I don't like the way that these players on these teams, these uh, – the Bucks the Clippers and the jazz right now handle themselves on the court. Like I said, they're kind of individualized to when they're out there, they do their own thing. And if they're upset and they get they're they're missing shots, some guys taking a shot that they shouldn't, they don't think should be taking shots. 
they don't say anything, I don't think. They're not going to mention it. They're not going to say anything in the huddle. I think they just think that each one of them can win the game themselves out of those four stars. Well, I guess Gobert, Mitchell, I guess, yeah, they're stars. And then the same thing with Kawhi and Paul George. I just think if we get inside their head because it's a mental game, Paul George, you can own that for sure, right off the bat. Yes. I know I know he's had some good games this series, but it's very easy for him. If you ask him in 10 years from now, be like, what happened in that series, whatever series they lose this year? He's like, well, it's just mental. I had to get over that for the next year I worked on it, something like that, because it's still there. That's a big factor. Kawhi, he'll go at you, but he's so quiet, man. I just don't think, you know, they don't have that leader. They don't have that Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. That's why we're in this situation. And, of course, as a whole, we are a winning team. We do everything well together, and we communicate. And I just don't see that with the other teams. They will both provide good storylines. Because if yes. you have if you have the Suns go against the Utah Jazz, it's one versus two, uh, but it's also Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker, and it's kind of the the Twitter argument that people have been having for four years now, personified in a in a uh, Western Conference Finals. And obviously, if we go against the Clippers, if if Chris Paul wants to slay the dragon and get to the NBA Finals, he has to go through his old team. So that's another storyline that. You know, would be, and then of course everything that lies on the other side of that. So, final answer: you don't care, right? I don't care. Suns will be in the finals. And final answer for me: I, I think I want the Jazz. I think I would okay. prefer the Jazz, and that that's where I'm at today. Again, if you know, I think we're gonna do another podcast a little bit later in the week. Uh, when we do, um, I'm, I'll probably be changed at that point. So. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Take it easy on yourself, man. It's hot well, out there. It is hot, man. <laughs> You know, that's why I'm drinking these canned Gatorades right here. So uh, before we get to the next, you know, because you were kind of mentioning the Nets and the Bucks and things of that nature, yeah. I just want to remind everybody to enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout for any of your online orders from Just Sports. You'll get 15% off of your purchase, one five that is. Uh, that's right. Let them know the Suns Jam session guys sent you. Again, that's promo code Suns Jam when checking out at shopjustsports.com. It's where I got this nice hat. It's where I got this dope shirt. Beautiful. I'm telling you, just sports, they got the best gear, and it's only getting better. So, uh, you know, now we go into the rest of the league. Thoughts? Um, brains? So looking around at the playoff picture, uh, you know, obviously we've kind of discussed the Clippers and the Jazz a little bit. You know, I, I don't in any way, shape, or form want to get ahead of ourselves. But if by some beautiful, amazing, spectacular occurrence we end up in the NBA yeah. for the third time ever in franchise history we're gonna play either philly atlanta the nets or the bucks so let's start with the philly atlanta series and then let's talk a little bit about the nets versus bucks series uh have okay. you watched any of the philly atlanta series because i know the game started like 4 30 typically yeah you know it, it, they're, they're hard rough. to watch in our time but have you seen anything I said I'm rough. That makes no sense. It, it's been rough, rough. for me to, <laughs> to get. I mean, I do get to see the ending. Last night, I didn't actually get to see the end of the game. I heard about it on Rasil's podcast this morning, the whole body language thing, which is a big thing, too, um, that they have to work out towards the end of games. But um, I don't know. Um, let me get your thoughts on it. Maybe I'll just uh, rebound off, off of that. It, it'll be Philly in seven. That's just you kind of the so? way it's going right now. You know, I think that uh, Joel Embiid uh, – he must have like the most minuscule meniscus tear ever because I know he, he just, he's playing through it and he doesn't look necessarily affected until the second half last night. Like he was like, Oh, for 13 in the second half last night against the Atlanta Hawks. And if he had made like three of those shots, they win the game. So 
you know, they definitely have the advantage. I think that they've done a good job defensively trying to bottle up uh, Trey Young and just kind of make things hard on him. And, you know, kudos to Trey Young. I'm somebody who's never been a huge Trey Young fan because of the way he head bobs up and down the court trying to draw fouls. I'm very excited to see that the NBA, you know, in quotations, is going to take care of that next year as they look at changing some of the foul rules about leaning into trying to create contact. I think players like him and James Harden are going to have a hard time trying to adjust uh, adjusting to that. Uh, but, you know, kudos to him and the way that he's playing. You know, this is his first playoffs too, and he really does have some Nash-esque qualities relative to just the angles that he plays and the, and the way that he sees the floor. And, you know, it's a 2-2 series right now. You know, Philly, uh, I think they kind of have that same problem that the Bucks have is, you know, at times they don't know how to score. And I think when you have Ben Simmons on the floor in clutch time, that's one of the challenges. He's going to give you great offensive possessions. Or I'm sorry, defensive possessions. He's going to do a great job shutting down Trey Young and, and, and managing switches. But you put him on the offensive side, unless he's passing the ball in a fast break, his ISO game is is nothing. He can't shoot, so you can just lay off of him. And if you foul him, he can't shoot free throws. One of the things that I love about the Phoenix Suns is if it does come come down to clutch time situations, we're the second best free throw shooting team in the league. Because you're seeing this in the Eastern Conference right now with teams who just can't hit their free throws at the end of games and yeah. how it's effectively going to it potentially could cost them a series. So do you know who the number one team shooting free throws is in the league? Oh, like out of the rest of the teams right now, or just the yeah. whole league? Uh, the, the whole, whole league. The, the number one team still left. Who is? Oh, it? Uh, uh, I don't know. Clippers. <laughs> Who is it? Clippers. Is it the Clippers? One. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, good for them, man. Yeah. Our, but yeah. I mean, I mean, if uh, yeah, Embiid. Someone just said in the chat too that Embiid doesn't look right. So I didn't get to see him the last game, but I know he did have a pretty big game the game before that. And you're talking about the tear. It is weird because like if you ever tear like a bologna sandwich just a little bit, the whole thing falls apart. So I don't know, understand how he's keeping everything together there. Because honestly, if he's healthy, they would go to the chat. I think they can take on the Bucks if the Bucks were to advance. They can beat them, but no one's gonna beat the Nets. But right right now, <laughs> what you're getting from the Sixers too, and what I'm seeing. It just looks like a team. I didn't get to watch last game, but to me, it just feels like a team. There's like a trade coming, right? I know Ben Simmons was in that trade thing with uh, James Harden earlier this year. It's it's hard to like see a team kind of progress when you're seeing and hearing about the body language and you're hearing about trades that were going to happen this season. Next season, there's probably if they don't make it to the finals this year, there's probably going to be a trade. So when I think about that, it's just hard to see them advancing. Uh, you know, and I think the Hawks, they can surprise somebody or some of these teams and they have so far. And like you said, Trey Young has just changed his game so much to where he's just a better team player, man. So that is very scary with the shooters they have on their team. I think that the the sheer fact that they lost DeAndre Hunter, which isn't something that's like, you know, meteoric and it just completely affects the whole outcome of the playoffs. But I think it's a big part of that offense because, again, it gives them a little bit more length. Another guy for Trey Young to kind of uh, to dunk on another guy that you have to account for on defense if you're Philadelphia. So you can key in a little bit more on Trey Young, knowing that he doesn't have that secondary roller going to the rim outside of John Collins and Clint Capella. So again, I think the Sixers will win in uh, in seven games, but I think no matter what, whether it's the Bucks or the Nets that come out the other side, I don't think the Sixers can keep it up unless Embiid's healthy and we know that he's not. So you yeah. know now now we could talk about the Nets and the Bucks, and obviously uh, a a really big opportunity 
for the Bucks to win tonight over the Nets and take a stranglehold on that series and go up 3-2, headed home to Milwaukee. And they pissed away a 17-point lead. Uh, again, really rough looking on offense. You know, and you go back to, I mean, did you see the Kyrie uh, injury? Yeah, I did. Yep. I was, I was watching it live, and I was like, damn, dude, that just hurts. Like, that hurts, man. And, you know, you see that you see them go down, and then James Harden comes down. He doesn't look great tonight, but he, he did what he needed to do. He got some really big assists as a part of that run in the third quarter that got the Nets back in the game. And then KD, I mean, wow, just every played every minute, goes, you know, almost gets 50 tonight, like 16 boards, 10 assists, something along those lines. Uh, you know, is this team beatable ever? I don't know, man. They're, they're, they're very, very scary. If it's just KD, I mean, they are. Um, if they if he has one of those point guards at just like 80 to 90% health, it's still, it's. I don't know if they're beatable. Because those guys, Kyrie is probably the best point guard in the league if he's healthy and on all cylinders. I don't know if we see he, him again, man. He's so I know, and that looked terrible. And it sucks, but, you know, if you're a Suns fan, it's kind of like, yes. Here's my good. theory on the Nets. <laughs> Here's yeah. what came here's what came to me tonight as I was watching the game. And this is why I think the Nets could be beatable, especially in the finals, if if we get to that point. Who's running the team right now? Coach? Steve Nash. And Kevin who's Durant. His, and who's his assistant coach? Amari Stoudemire. Where's he at, anyways? The other assistant coach. Oh, Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. Why could the Suns never get through? to the other side in the playoffs. What was the Re- one consistent rebounding thing? Rebounding a defense. Okay. <laughs> That's bad. Am I right about no. that? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes and Not no. that obvious? Okay. But, 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 but here, here's the other thing that we always had a challenge with, and when you go back and you start to watch some of those old games where Steve Nash was running point and we're in the Western Conference Finals, they were tired as shit because yeah. he only ran like seven-man rotations. Katie just played every minute tonight on a, on a repaired Achilles. You know, you got James Harden out there putting in 35 plus minutes on a, on a hamstring that hurts. So you got Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni running that team in the same fashion that D'Antoni's always run to his teams. He doesn't, he, he puts the guys out there for way too long. You know, they're interviewing Nash in between the third and fourth quarter. They're going, is he going to play every minute? And he's like, well, we might, we might need him to, because you know, this is game five and it's a big game. It's like, I get that, mm-hmm. but it's the second round. Like you might not see it yet, but if you start to see them go into the next series, if they win this one, because again, I think we were talking about before we came on, I think that the bucks do have a chance to go back home and win that game. And it'll come down to game seven. And if the bucks lose and the nets move on, that's a, that's a, a game seven. Then they go into the next series, and if they're playing the Hawks or Philly, and it goes to five, six games, those guys are going to be tired. And then you have to play Phoenix, and Phoenix is a physical team. Phoenix makes you work for every possession. And these guys are going to be tired because D'Antoni and Nash don't run nine-man rotations. They just don't. It's not a D'Antoni staple. It never has been. It's, again, yeah, rebounding and defense. It's one of the, two of the reasons why the seven <laughs> seconds or less teams couldn't get through the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. But go back and watch some of those playoff games, man. Steve Nash is fucking dog tired. He does everything the whole game. He's playing 43 minutes a game back then. It's ridiculous. So I think that that might be an opportunity moving forward for the Suns if they end up playing the Nets in the finals. And if that happens, that is the ultimate series storylines. You know, I mean, you it, the Bucks, you have the 68 versus 68, you know, the coin flip series. 
but you get the Nets with Nash and Amari and and Mike D'Antoni and you know Chris Paul going against James Harden, who he played with in in Brooklyn or I'm, I'm sorry in Houston. I mean, it's just like there's so many different uh, mm-hmm. styles. So personally, again, this is all being said if Kyrie's out. If Kyrie continues to be out and you have just those two guys trying to carry them to a championship, you know, there, there's a possibility that their legs just might not be there. Those insane three-pointers that KD was hitting tonight, those legs will be a little bit heavier come game three of the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. And honestly, is it something that KD wanted to do to stay in that game? Because I know like that's the thing. It could have been. I think KD was just like, you know what? I'm not LeBron. I'm not walking down the tunnel right now. I want to stay out here and win because well, he, he, wasn't, did, he was 30 either. Yeah. And the thing is, towards the end of the game, there's so many timeouts, right? And there's some possessions he took off offensively just when the game was close. Him being on the floor is a thing to where the Bucks have to w- watch out for and adjust to always. So if he's on the court, it's still just, you know, they have to look out for him, but he's still kind of getting rest there. So I think they needed him in there just for that. And of course, he can hit the big shots. Uh, man, KD, right? I mean, he's the best player right now left out there. Yeah. Out of all is. these series, he's the best player. He's just a monster, you know, and I mean, he's just he's got one of those jumpers that I just I have always thought was absolutely beautiful. And then you see him go out there tonight in the the fashion that he did it just, you know, cold blooded. That's what he was tonight, man, was cold blooded. So, yeah. you know, we, we talk about the the playoff picture, you know, and now I'm going to just kind of transition because there's a lot of nets here looking at the all NBA teams. And you look at the all NBA first team and you get Steph Curry and Kawhi Leonard. The forwards are Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid. And then you have Nikola Jokic at center. So since you have three centers, you know, I know that they <laughs> that yeah. they play Giannis at forward in Milwaukee, but we all know he's better as a center. But, you, you know, you have one guard, a forward, and three centers on the All-NBA first team. Okay? On the, uh, the All-NBA second team... Um, you have Chris Paul. So kudos to Chris Paul. He made the All-NBA second team. Yeah, uh, It is his 10th time being on the All-NBA team. He has six All-NBA second teams, four All-NBA first teams, and one All-NBA third team. I know that because I wrote the article today. Uh, Dame Lillard, Luka Doncic on the All-NBA second team, Julius Randle, Rudy Gobert. And then you have on the All-NBA third team, you have both... James Harden and Kyrie Irving at your guards. You have LeBron James and Jimmy Butler with Bam Adebayo as the center. So in looking at this, is there anything? Let's just go through the first team. Did they get it mm-hmm. right? They did. It's positionless, right? right yeah, now, that's right? the NBA right Is now. it positionless? No, yes. I mean like the way they could vote on these. That's why you have the three centers. Yeah, because they classify both. They classify Kawhi Leonard as a guard and a forward, and they classify... Giannis Antetokounmpo as a forward in the center. So okay. people have multiple, it's kind of like multiple position. positions. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Yeah, okay. Positions. Yeah. So you can't argue with that starting lineup. I don't think, I mean, I'm glad Luca's not in there and I'm glad. Me too. Quite, I don't know. You know, it, the first two teams look good. The first two teams I can't really argue with. I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. It's that third team where I really, yes. really have some problems with it. You know, I mean, you, you look at Kyrie Irving, Played a total of 54 games this season, and I get it. It's a 72-game season, so 54, uh, it's not not horrible, you know, but then when you look at, like, Devin Booker, who played, like, 7 or 68, you know, it's just kind of – I think that's where my gripe is. It, you know, I think yes. that really – you have 
uh, a team like the Phoenix Suns who finished with the second overall record in the NBA. They didn't win coach of the year because uh, they gave it to the guy, uh, Tom Thibodeau. They didn't, none of our guys made all NBA, you know, first or second team, all defense. And, you know, yeah. you get Chris Paul and, and we only got one all-star. Our second guy came in as a sub, like the disrespect for the Suns just kind of continues. And I'm okay with it. Cause again, I'm, I'm focused on that chip, man. They, they, they can have all these little awards, man. I want that chip, but you know, I think the thing that really pissed me off is James Harden, man. I mean, he played <laughs> 36 games for Brooklyn and eight games for Houston. I mean, how does he make a thir- all NBA third team? You know, he shouldn't have because if he was playing a full season, he would have probably been an MVP candidate. Him or Kyrie. Kyrie, too. How many games did he play? Did you say already? 54. 54. Okay, so there it is. I think that has to be a big deal. I know Devin Booker got off to a slow start, but he was really deserving of a third team. Uh, Those are the two that I would replace him with. LeBron making it, too, is kind of strange. Maybe you can sub him out and put someone else in there, too, but... You know, uh, yeah, you know what's really shitty is I'm going through and I'm looking, and these aren't even the right teams. They're not the right teams. No, this I, I googled this and I brought up this picture, and <laughs> I think I, I, <laughs> this is awesome. I, I think that this is uh, the wrong team. Oh so let, my god! Let, let, let me let, let me load up. It, it's not too too different, man. I feel like a jackass. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's see if I can get the right <laughs> shit up here. All right, it's the internet, dude. Anything, everything's yeah, fake, internet, right? All right, so this is from Shams. All right, so first team is uh, Luka Doncic made the first team. Oh, okay, okay. Chris Paul, Dame, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, LeBron James. LeBron James made the second team. Oh, it's he made the second. Such okay. horseshit. And then Bradley Beal. <laughs> and the reason I brought this up because somebody said Bradley Beal. Yeah, <laughs> Brother, yeah no Beal. Was... I'm like, yeah, Bradley Beal should have got it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So here we go. We'll say this again for the listeners. First team. Uh, the Joker, Giannis, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard. That's a, that's pretty good. I don't like Luka up there, but uh, that's pretty good. Second team is Chris Paul, Dame Lillard, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, LeBron James. I don't agree with LeBron James there. Third team, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. Okay. Okay. Now that makes sense. Paul George is the guy I forgot about. He's well-deserving as his third team. Uh, Kyrie, maybe not. Maybe you can replace him, but Bradley Beal for sure. So it is tough, man. I don't know. Now that I'm seeing the real teams, it's kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> After I fit you up for 10 Booker, minutes. Booker is definitely, definitely well-deserving of a third team, but it's hard to replace him with what Kyrie did, even though he only played the 62 or 68 games, you said. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, this is something that I really think that the the Booker lovers and the Suns people who are upset with the fact that Devin Booker didn't make a, a, a an all NBA team period. This might be the last year of this happening. You know, if he continues to excel and play well, now he has that reputation. That's what it comes down to. Every one of these guys has reputation. Paul George reputation, Jimmy Butler. He got in on reputation. You know, he missed the first 16 games of the season. Uh, Rudy Gobert's a reputation guy. Bradley Beal, He's not a reputation guy, but he was the second leading scorer in the league, so you had to give it to him. Kyrie Irving, that's reputation. So these third-team guys are all reputation. But uh, I think that moving forward, Devin Booker will have an opportunity to get in there. And, you know, again, kudos to, uh, to yeah. Chris Paul. You Congrats, know? Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul, all-NBA second we team. We got one. Very well done. Yeah, we got one. You know, it's the first time. Can you name the last Phoenix Sun who, got, who garnered an all-NBA nod? I think he asked me this before. It has to be Steve Nash, right? 
It has to be wrong by Matthew. <laughs> I love I love asking you. I love giving you trivia questions. I love answering them, and I'm always wrong. Does anybody in the chat know without Googling it? I'll give you five seconds. Four, oh, three, two, one. 2013 slash 14. Scoran Goran Drogic. Goran Drogic. Yeah, there you go. Fabio Damn got it. it. Goran Drogic say that. got it in uh, All-NBA all third teamer. So that was the last time we did And then before that... We had uh, it was 2007 and eight where both Nash and Amari were on the second team, and that's the last time we've had two members of this team on an All NBA team. But you know what? Yeah, There's it's a reputation. You're right, man. You're it rep- is. And Brad- Bradley Beal was Bradley Beal before Booker was Booker, right? Bradley Beal, they never won anything, but he was Bradley Beal, and plus, yeah, he's second and points. So yeah, he deserves it. So there you go. So you know, again, I- I'm not overly worried about these things. Are you? <laughs> No, I'm not. You know what? I kind of want to see Mikael Bridges get the second team all defensive. I mean, you can't really argue who with who they selected, but Mikael and Booker next year for sure will be on those, uh, and they well deserve next year. If if we're successful, I mean, that's what it comes down if, to. Win, <laughs> winning years, yeah. we come out and yes. win 19 games again, Matthew. I mean, shit. Yeah, it's, then it's, it's over. It's, it's then this podcast happen. is done. <laughs> it's up. over. So, uh, but again, you know, I think that we're focused on the big prize. You know, we'll know a little bit later this week who we're going to play next. I don't even know what the upcoming schedule is. Like, you know, they said Sunday, right? Is the earliest the Suns might be on, right? Sunday yeah, night or something. If it gets closed out in six, but there's nothing. I don't have anything here. It's just like, good luck. Figure it out. So, I mean, we yeah. sit back and we wait. It's going to be Sunday or Monday, uh, you know, most likely. But it's nice to take a week off. It is, you know. It is, do, right? Do you think that is beneficial for the Suns to take a week off? I mean, they've won seven in a row. They've got a great rhythm. They're playing every other night, and boom, week off. Do you think that's a good thing for the Suns? I love that question. I love answering this question because it doesn't matter, right? With this team, they're ready. My dad came out. He's all, is this team going to be ready to play after a week? I'm like, yes, yes, they are ready for any situation. They could be off for two years and come back and still dominate any team. It doesn't matter because they're, they're well-prepared. Right now, they're getting ready. I'm sure they had a day off, right? Maybe two days off, and now they're back in it. I just, they're going to be prepared for any team that they've had to play. And here's the other side of that, too, because I completely agree with you, is where are they practicing right now? Oh, yeah, that beautiful $45 million Verizon Performance Center. You know, another one of those things entering the season that we were excited about as this culture for the Phoenix Suns was reinventing itself was we have this best-in-class training facility. So these guys are going to get rest, you know, Chris Paul's shoulders fine, by the way. 37 points, his season high, the <laughs> most points he scored in the game in like three years. You know, he's doing just fine. But this is a great place for them to go to, you know, again, feel that camaraderie, have a good time. I, Booker's probably just probably playing a lot of Call of Duty right now. You know, I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hayden says in the chat, he says, Bridges was posting memes on his Instagram story today. So I think they were just chilling. You know, they might just, be. And it's, it's well deserved, right? He, Monty yes. trusts these guys. And I think I said well deserved a hundred times. And honestly, just really quick, I hope the Suns do play the Clippers. So then, um, so then Booker can roll in with his new car every single game. Yes. He'll have him in LA and he'll have him out here. So every game he can roll into something new. It's better for his relationship with Kendall. It too, is. If it's in I mean, LA, you know. You want them to succeed. <laughs> I'm rooting for him. Of course, I'm rooting I, for him. I love those kids. You know, <laughs> they're such an adorable little couple. You know, <laughs> and and well deserved is you know you might have said it like 20 times. It doesn't matter. It's it's true. You know, this is a team that is designed for success. It's the moment they're back out there on the court, they're going to be ready to go. I think one of the greatest things 
that happened the other night is after they flew back from Denver and all the fans were hanging out at the tarmac in the airport yes. there to, to cheer them on. And it was so cool. And it's why I like love living in these days. Cause I didn't have to go there. I didn't have to stand 105 degree heat. People had Facebook, Facebook live going. So I got to experience it through there. But Chris Paul gets off the plane. You know what he says? Eight to go. <laughs> Eight to go. I didn't see That's that part. Chris How did Paul. I miss that part? That's Chris I just, Paul. Dude. Yeah. And Eight honestly, to go. I saw the fans, you know, it's fun. It's awesome. But just make sure you're not like, do overdoing it no one ruins it to where you start grabbing these guys or anything yeah. crazy because you know it can get a little hostile there so i mean i, I think it's awesome they rode right through them so but just be careful <laughs> don't ruin it for everybody all right just remember that when we're heading to the nba finals ladies and gentlemen so yes uh on that note i think it's time that we wrap things up here right matthew i think that's it man the <laughs> hour mark yeah, we've hit about an hour, so this is a reminder for everybody to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the Phoenix Fans app. We're at Suns Jam. I'm at Darth Voida. He's uh, at Matthew Lissy. Sorry. <laughs> I got a notification. I He's asleep at the wheel. That was Emma. Emma text us. Yeah. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and smash that like button while you're here. You can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description. Subscribe, rate, and review via the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network for all your favorite Phoenix Suns content. And leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read it right here on the pod. On that note, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. If you chose to do so live on a Tuesday night, we appreciate it. And if you're listening tomorrow, again, subscribe rate and review but uh we'll come back i think what we're gonna do friday we'll do another pod yeah we'll see how the series goes and then i don't know we'll play it by ear you we'll guys play will play just 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 be ready everybody be ready but uh on that note everyone have a great night uh my wife just came and said sprinkling lightning outside so i gotta go see that shit oh i love that it was 116 it, today so i'm gonna go, go hang that, out go there. take that sh pop that top off and go run in the rain all right all right <laughs> <laughs> anything else matthew well uh, everyone go home and love your family Mmm.